In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 9 to 12. That's Hebrews 6, 9 to 12. But beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you and things that accompany salvation, even though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your works and the love which you have shown toward his name by having served and by still serving the saints. And we desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and endurance inherit the promises. Good morning. I missed you last Sunday. We traveled from Cavite and Metro Manila. I wanted to preach uh, last Sunday. The text was a text I've been studying for very, a very, very long time. Uh, I missed you and I wanted to do Proclaim last Sunday, but we were advised to quarantine ourselves and we should follow the protocol. Um, that's one reason why there was no proclaimed training last Sunday, but also there was no electricity uh, here as well. But uh, later we shall be, we shall be continuing the training, and uh, we will be on lesson two. If you think you know how to proclaim the gospel, I hope you don't get didn't get it from a track or somebody who shared to you something that you have not double checked in scripture. Because uh, what we want to focus on is how did the scriptures, how did the gospel spread, but also how was it presented, how was it preached and proclaimed. So today we continue the series on Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 to 12. And the title of this sermon is Diligent Love and Work. The author gave a dire warning for those who would fall away. It would be impossible to restore apostates, those who openly rebel against Christ, those who publicly deny Christ. The consequences would be severe, those who openly revolt against the gospel, never truly belonged according to the context. They were never true believers, though they might think they were. They look like believers because they act like one, because they're part of the community, but they never did belong spiritually. On the outside, they look like believers, but they are false believers, and Christ has warned us of this, false disciples, false followers. And even in the epistles, the letters of the apostles, they warned of false believers. And false believers may sincerely think they are believers, but not according to what scripture describes. Only they think so because they were part of the community. We keep saying to others, being part of a church community like ours doesn't guarantee your salvation. It is you and the Lord. It is not about works. It's you understanding the gospel and you having saving faith, or we say genuine faith in the gospel, 
which will produce works, but the works do not save. It is the genuine faith. After the, well, the warning to false believers would be they would be burned. The writer likened them to thistles and thorns who will be burned. This is metaphorical, but also literal. As we know, in Revelations, there is the lake of fire to those who do not belong to Christ. The challenge was to check ourselves and the people then. It was a warning. But this warning was in the midst of the discussion of Christ is greater than Judaism, and specifically, Christ is greater than Aaron, better than Aaron, more superior than Aaron. In fact, there is no comparison because Jesus Christ is God. So that's the context. So we are, the author took a break and say, let me warn these people now, and then let me continue on that discussion later on. So this was simply a side note, but a very important side note. Very important. And in fact, Hebrews 6 seemed to be the most dire of warnings. Since chapter 1, he would speak about the superiority of Christ over Judaism, and then he would inject a warning, and then he would continue the discussion, and then inject a warning again. Now, the previous warning was, I believe, the most emphasis, or let's just say severe. That's why we entitled the sermon last Sunday, Dire Warning. Now, after that stern warning, the author shifted his tone to a positive one. Why? Among the Hebrew, the, the recipients of the letter, this was believed to have been circulated to Jewish house churches. Among them were non-believers who just attend, and they were being told, today is a day of salvation. You should believe. Forget your unbelief. Some of them haven't really crossed over. They're hanging on to their former religion and at the same time thinking of crossing over fully to Christ but haven't fully done it. And then those who were faithful, to those who were faithful in the community. Now he seems to shift his stone to a positive one. The author believed that those who remained in the community were different from the apostates. The apostates publicly went back to Judaism because it was more comfortable, there was less discrimination, there was less bullying, less persecution. They went back to Judaism and said, we don't belong to that community. They openly revolted. <clears throat> Why did they go back? Because, again, Rome recognized Judaism as an official, one of the official religions, or recognized religions, but not Christianity. So it was convenient, and, and uh, people do that through the ages. They like the gospel then, but because the faith is not real, whenever they face inconvenience in serving the Lord, inconvenience in continuing in this community, they fall back or they go back to who they were before. We keep emphasizing, as the scripture says, that Christ is not simply a refuge if you're in trouble. He is master, lord, king, and the most sovereign. Which means what? We must submit to his sovereignty. 
We submit to his rule. We submit to his word. If you see Christ or Christianity as whenever you're in trouble, he'll be there, and that's all there is to it, then I'd like to say what you're believing in is not the gospel. It is a, is a perversion of the gospel. Because Christ is not just somebody you call to when you need help. Christ is someone we serve. Christ is someone we believe in as our Savior who died on the cross for us. We are eternally grateful. Thus, we are servants, yet we know in Christ we, we belong as children, but servants as well. Some want to take the benefit of being a child of God, but not taking the responsibility of being a child of God. Well, some are not really children of God yet, because they, in their hearts, they haven't truly crossed over. Now, to these believers, he now shifts and says, but it's not the same with you. Why? You know, those who remain would rather face the social and economic discrimination, even physical persecution, than to deny Christ. I'd rather suffer for Christ than deny him. And uh, we are amazed at the stories that we hear from in Afghanistan of, of believers being tortured until they died, their family members being killed in front of them, yet they still stood in the name of Christ. And that is what uh, the author is saying to these people who remain. He gives a positive note to them. And he said, even if the way we talked was threatening, I believe this is not for you. He assured the recipients that the faithful belong to salvation. But, and then the author's next words served as reminders of what true believers should be doing. So if you're a true believer, this is a warning for them. Oh, this is a reminder. I mean, an encouragement and a reminder. So I hope this morning we will be encouraged and be reminded. But let us look at verse 9 in Hebrews chapter 6. But beloved, okay, the word beloved all over scripture is used for those, for the believers. But beloved. So you know that there's somehow a shift. We are convinced of better things regarding you. He mentioned that those who fall away will be burned, but beloved. There's a but and beloved. We are convinced that there are better things regarding you. Not being burned. Better than that. And uh, what better things? Things that accompany salvation. Even though we are speaking in this way. Why? Because the warning was so strong. The warning was so strong. My wife was joking with me. And he said, maybe it's God's will that you did not preach last Sunday. Because you'll be mad again in your preaching. You will be again scary. And I think you're too scary. So I said, yeah, maybe. Because Doc Steve, such a nice guy, after he delivered the sermon, it was pretty scary. <laughs> I think the word of God fulfilled its... Uh, and he said, but if it's you, it might be too scary. Uh, but thank God I'm here to encourage you, beloved. Wow, I said that, right? Hello, beloved. <laughs> beloved in Christ, I'm convinced for you who are diligently loving his name and serving him, it's different for you. The author called him beloved. Beloved. 
Oh. At other times, he addressed the unbelieving before this, right? Several times, and he urged them to believe. And there was an urgent tone. He declared that today is a day of salvation because the letter, that's why there's a mix of, the letter is addressing several kinds of people. Uh, all Hebrews or Jewish, some were directed towards the, uh, those who just joined, but inside not fully committing to Christ and to the community. And then those who have, and the fruit shows it. Verse 10 says, let's read verse 10. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name by having served and by still serving the saints. So point number one, the author encouraged them that God remembered their work and love towards his name. So two things, two things. God remembers what? Your work and love towards his name. Okay, don't forget those two things. He said, God remembers, beloved. It's different for you because God remembers. God remembers every work you've done in his name and your love for his name, your work and your love for his name. And what kind of work? And we read in, let's bring back verse 10 again. Then the next slide. By having served and by still serving the saints. So what kind of work? It's by serving the community. It's by serving each other. Love towards his name and by serving one another. Two things God remembers according to this context, this text and this context. God remembers. God is not unjust, he says. He will not forget the hard work done. Some translation uses hard work. The hard work for his people, the church community, and love towards his name. So he wanted the believers there to, he's encouraging them, but also wants them to inspect themselves, to reflect on themselves. So it's like an encouragement, but it's an encouragement that is also somehow subtly instructional, although he will go direct later on in the next few, his next words will be more direct, but it's really this, God remembers your love towards his name, his name, Yes, his name. We do things in his name. Not in our name. Not in your name. If you're still living for you, then you're not, you don't love his name. Because if you, you love his name, you live for his name, not for you. And then what? Your service to one another. The word saints here is what? Uh, is believers. Okay? In the Bible, saints is used for people who are sanctified meaning you are in the process of obeying. You are obeying him from your faith because you believe, therefore you obey. Because you have faith, and the result of that faith is obedience. And sanctification is holiness. And that means obedience as well. Though it does not exactly mean obedience, but it is understood that if you are sanctified, you obey the Lord, God is not unjust. Now, in what way is he not unjust? Again, I'll say again, he will not forget. He will not forget work done for his people. And he will not forget love shown towards his name. Do you love his name? Do you lift the name of Jesus? Or do you deny the name of Christ? 
Will you defend the gospel? Well, we should, if we love his name. But then in serving the people, God remembers that. What if you're not serving? Well, they have nothing to remember, right? So on Judgment Day, who are you again? What are you doing here? Oh, you can't enter. I don't know you. And Jesus mentioned that line, uh, said that line in the Gospels that, leave, I never knew you. So what does God remember? Love towards his name and serving the people of God. It is God's design that the, those who believe in Christ achieve maturity. That's in the context. Since chapter 5, you should mature. And in that context, immaturity or being a baby was staying where they were, still thinking about, uh, should I pursue this? Should I not pursue this? Should I pursue this, this Christian life or this discipleship? Should I become a disciple or not? Should I follow with this community or not? So they keep joining. They keep joining because they like what they're hearing. They like listening to the teaching. They like listening to the blessings that God gives others, but never fully uh, committing. That is immaturity in this context. Of course, in other parts of the Bible, immaturity is also talked about when people, uh, well, when they divide themselves in, in 1 Corinthians. Immaturity, Paul used immaturity there, or being a baby, to those who say, uh, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Christ. They were following men. That's why we discourage you following us. We follow the word of God. We follow God himself. Of course, there's that part when Paul also said, follow me as I follow Christ. So it's conditional, as I follow Christ only. Do not follow everything that uh, in humans. But the maturity here is about starting your journey in Christ with full commitment. I remember Jesus himself saying, unless you deny yourself, you cannot be my disciple. Unless you give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. No one holds the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus mentioned those things. So what do we do? How do we serve one another in the community? It is to help each other mature in Christ. To bring them to the point of full commitment. To bring them to the point of what? Christ is really the center. Where they seek the kingdom first all the time. The kingdom first and his righteousness first. Rather than their emotions, their feelings, their ambition. Rather than that... We encourage them, hey, that's why we meet. That's why we preach. That's why we gather in small groups. We help one another. The, why do we serve one another? It, why should we serve one another? To help one another mature and grow in Christ. It's not just simply to encourage one another. And some church communities just stay there. Just encourage one another. If you feel sad, I'm here for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not just that. Encouragement is a small part of it. Growing in Christ is learning from one another, analyzing the scripture together, seeing how we can apply it in our lives, and asking prayer if we have difficulty in obedience. Because we need that support to obey. We need that support also 
to deny temptation. It helps, let me tell you, it helps. If you have a, a small group that you have to meet every week, it helps if you're tempted today because you have to face them. Somehow, you can call them and say, help me out here. And the support is there. We help, we serve one another by helping one another mature. It's not just to, to massage one another's hurts. Please grow up. It's not just to, to uh, make people feel better. If you think that is the pastoral ministry, then you are greatly mistaken and you don't know your Bible. That is not the pastoral ministry. The pastoral ministry is to nurture people in Christ that they may become spiritually healthy in Christ, that they may grow, that one day they will be equipped and God will use them for service. Why do we serve one another? To help one another mature in Christ. I once was young and I acted like a child. As I grew up, I have to leave childish things. And that's when we correct one another because some of us don't even see it, that we act like babies. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, we, we can't see it sometimes. We think we're all mature. But then, you know, that's why I like this. The community, or it's good to have brothers and sisters with you who can gently correct you as well and firmly correct you if you're hard-headed. Uh, why is it important? You don't see everything about yourself. I can see your face. You can't see your face, right? You can see my face. I can't see my face. And that's why we need one another. You can't protect your back. If you're, if you're a warrior, you cannot protect your back. That's why when they go to war, they do back to back to protect one another's back. They must serve one another. That is God's design. And God remembers that if you are serving the saints and in the context, okay, to help them mature, to leave the elementary te teachings of Christ and to move on to the substance. And he was about to talk about Melchizedek and said, no, oh, I don't think you can take it. You're too much of a baby. But then actually he's preparing this so that he can go back to Melchizedek and he will talk about Christ as the substance who is not under Aaron, but according to the order of Melchizedek. So God will not forget those who showed love towards his name. In those days, to bear the name of Christ means persecution. It means a loss of opportunity and a loss of social acceptance. Your social currency will go down. And you know, that Social currency is so important these days, especially when Facebook came into being and Instagram and, uh, and other social media sites. And uh, the problem is teenagers find their, their confidence there with the number of likes. And I'd like to tell you, do not go with the flow. In fact, in Christ, you lose social currency. Why? You have to preach the gospel and stand up for the truth, which is not always popular. You cannot go along with the ride as everyone, when they say, everybody's doing it, it's okay. Premarital sex is okay because everybody's doing it. And then you say, no, uh, I, I can't do that. And you say, in his name, I can't do that because 
I fear God and I want to avoid it. That's not very popular and your social currency will go down. But for the believer, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters most is, will God remember? Oh, God remembers either way. God will remember the work we've done to serve his saints, his believers, and his, our love towards his name. And you know what? To preach the gospel of Christ is to show love for his name. Why? We preach the gospel. It's in his name. And to love the community of believers was to show love for his name as well. And our love for one another will show our love to his name. Next point is diligence in love and service. So the author said, uh, encourage them. Hey, God remembers your service. So the encouragement is for those who, who love his name and those who serve the other believers. So if you're doing that, if you're doing that, my encouragement as well is to you. God remembers. You get so tired sometimes because you volunteered in an assignment. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to come here earlier than everybody. Sometimes you have to do things outside the, uh, your personal time and then, and then contribute so that the Sunday and the small group will be good. You have to prepare food for the small group or, or sacrifice some of your money or you just make sure you're consistent and you study the scripture and you contribute to the discussion. You help. God does not forget. Now, after the author says God remembers, then he encourages them, uh, be diligent. Okay, don't, don't stop. You have to continue. Okay, don't stop. You have to continue. It's not diligence now and, and suddenly you lose the steam. When it's all about you, you will lose steam. Well, because if it's all about you, you cannot be offended. You cannot be disappointed because if you are disappointed, ayoko na. Because you got disappointed with somebody in the growth group or somebody, and then I don't like it anymore. My world has crumbled. Uh, then it's still about you, not about him. If we serve regardless of what people say, regardless of whatever, if we overcome that, then praise be to God, you are maturing in Christ. You are growing in Christ. You're obeying and serving regardless of what you feel or what you might think, you continue to serve the Lord. If you thought that way before, I encourage you, please grow up. Because God remembers. Now, diligence. The author desired, desired that the, believer, the believers continue to be diligent in their love and service as long as they are alive. To ensure that their hope will come true. You see, true believers will persevere in their service to God by serving the community. Let's read verse 11. And we desire that each of you, uh, take note, each of you. He was telling the Hebrew believers, each of you, one, two, three, four, five, six, each of you. If I were, imagine I'm one-on-one -on -one speaking with you right now, and I'm saying, you, you. Each of you will demonstrate the same diligence. The word diligence is discipline, consistency. It is a follow-through. You're following through. You're continuing. Diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. The full assurance of hope so that you will realize. And 
We believe this, that true believers will persevere until the end. Let me say that again. True believers will persevere until the end. Persevere in what? The context says love towards his name and serving other believers. Okay? We have to persevere in that. So that's why isolating yourself. I'll grow up on my own. Anyway, I can do my Bible reading and prayer time. And I don't need small group or growth group. I don't need fellowship. Uh, but I can watch so many preachers online. And uh, uh, then you're not serving others. You're not serving. You're what? You think you're okay. But scripture says you're not. So you have to be diligent until the end. Until what end? Until you die. Okay? Oh, I'm so busy. <laughs> Persevere. Diligence. Who cares if you're busy? You think scripture cares if you're busy? God made the world. He gave all of us 24 hours. We can work for 8 hours, sleep for 8 hours, and there's another 8 hours. It's just foolish excuse. You have no time to read the Bible. You have no, no time. You don't have five minutes a day. You don't have ten minutes a day. You don't have one hour online. Now it's online, most meetings. You don't have one hour online. You wouldn't invest in internet connection so you can connect with others, but you will spend on a lot of other things. Then how can you serve? How can you be diligent? So if you come to church just as a spectator, you know, you sit there like in a ball game, Woo! go, go, go. You see, you know, they say, they call the athletic church. This is a joke. The athletic church is like watching a game with the auditorium so full, like a basketball game. In a basketball game, five on each team, there are 10 people on the court desperately need rest, being watched by thousands who desperately need exercise. Some people go to church as spectators and commentators. Commentators, spectators, but never participators. Ah, cannot be. How can God remember your name? Uh, what's your name again? Huh? You? What? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You're the one who didn't serve. I remember you now, but your name's not in the book of life. Uh, I think you forgot to serve me, so I forgot to write your name. Diligence in love and service. So, the desire is each of you. Each, 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 each of you. Now, do you think it's for me when I keep encouraging you, find a growth group, find somebody who decide to disciple you, or if you're part of a growth group, you make sure your growth group leader attends in one of our growth group leaders as well, because that's the model. As somebody leads, he's also accountable to another person, all the way up. Because there are people that I am accountable to, I take care of them, and they take care of others. And who does the pastor submit to? The board of elders. I submit to the board of elders. If I do not 
live up to the character, they can ask me to resign. I submit. Everybody submits somewhere. You cannot just attend here and not submit to anybody. If your lifestyle is just, I am my own boss, nobody can correct me. Well, we're not correcting you every day. It's the word that corrects all of us. We're growing in it. And sometimes, yes, sometimes we have to, yes, rebuke one another. But those are the rare times because we see that everybody's growing anyway. And some parts, sometimes it takes time. It's not every time we correct one another, but sometimes we have to. If you cannot see it, you cannot see your glaring disobedience. That's why I don't agree with church hoppers. Because, I mean, where is your commitment? Where do you submit to? Because if you're here now and somewhere another and another and another. So I always want to know, am I responsible for you? Is this church responsible for you spiritually or not? You have to clarify that. If you say no, oh, praise God, I'm not responsible for you. Uh, I need to pray for that pastor you are with right now. Uh, But if you are, we have to take it seriously. That's why I take seriously the connection of the growth group. Because when there's somebody with a big, big problem and the growth group leader can't handle it, I have to know. Whether the problem is spiritual or the problem is whatever, the church tries to be involved in the biblical way possible, in the most biblical way possible. So again, the author mentioned two characteristics about God or what God remembers. Again, service to other believers and love towards his name. I keep repeating this so you won't forget, right? Uh, Service to other believers and love for his name. Don't forget that. And the author expresses desire that each of us love his name and serve one another. And that's why I like growth groups. I really like growth groups. But more on that later. Uh, Such actions are consistent with salvation. Remember, as accompanying salvation. It's in the context. But you are different. As you, you are not going to be burned, but you, what you have is something that accompanies salvation. And God remembers what you're doing. So the author is saying, those who are saved, he's implying they do this. They do what? They love his name. They serve the saints. Have you been a servant lately? Uh, well, did you, any sacrifice? Time, effort? Uh, or only once in a while, when it's convenient. So, we should not only show up on Sundays. We should continue. We should serve. Point number three, faith and endurance. The author hoped that their service and love would result in avoiding spiritual dullness. Let's read verse 12, please. So that you will not be sluggish. Uh, Well, uh, what sluggish means is lazy and indifferent. Okay? I think I like the NLT that says, uh, explained it simply, when you're lazy and you're indifferent. I mean, indifferent, ayosumale. Okay? Indifferent, but imitators of those who through faith and endurance, two things, imitate what? Those who what? 
had faith and they endured. Faith and endurance inherit the promises. We'll discuss some of these promises later on. But definitely the promises, Hebrews 11, are those who will inherit the promise, those who would be imitated. And then he will mention about Abraham in the next few verses about somebody we can imitate who believed and he was patient and he obeyed. So instead of being sluggish or lazy or indifferent or whatever, apathetic, they would follow the examples of those heroes of the faith. Is he diligence in service and love towards his name? Is the opposite of becoming, I don't have time. It's the opposite of, I'm too lazy. I just want to sleep. I just want to play games. Uh, I just want to chica. I just want to, uh, no time to serve. You see, it is very tempting for believers to mind their own business. It's very tempting to us to just mind our own business. I have enough problems of my own. Uh, yes, we all do. Some have financial problems, some have relationship problems, some have different types of problems. But we all have problems. If you think you don't have a problem, just wait. If you don't have a problem, you're too young. And you're so protected by mommy and daddy. Bless them. Mommy and daddy, let them solve some of the problems. Don't always go to their rescue. Why? You'll, you'll grow sissies. Kung sa Tagalog, binabae. Kung lalaki yan. Kung babae naman, cry baby parate. Konting issue, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Sometimes you have to let them solve it. It's okay to be made aware, but you ask them, so what are you doing? Diligence in service and love towards his name. That's what we need to do. Don't just mind your own business. That's why in the growth group, we ask people, you don't have any set up any Thanksgiving. Whatever you thank God for, you thank God for something specific, you close the project, you solve the problem, we somehow understand what you're going through. Then in the end, what are you pray, What do you want to pray for? So some of us share our, our troubles. And so we understand what you're going through. So somehow slowly, slowly, bit by bit, we get to know one another, slowly, and then we form that bond and relationship in Christ. Then we talk about God's word together. And that is what really bonds us together spiritually. Well, let us not neglect serving the church community. community. The author encouraged them to imitate those who will inherit the promises. Faith and endurance. Don't forget those two words. Faith and endurance. Another word for endurance is patience. Like Abraham, who patiently waited and yet obeyed. He obeyed. He endured with obedience. Be patient. Be patient. But you have to have faith. Faith in what? Everything promised in Christ. Everything promised in Christ. Application. God remembers. So you know who you are if you have served faithfully. In his name, I hope you're serving not for the sake of people first, but for the sake of what? His name. 
I have to be careful, even if we are very close to one another. Some of you are very close to me and my wife. But I have to be careful to make everything about him, not about our relationship. That is not the priority. Once you begin making our relationship the priority, then it ceases to function as what? As a God-glorifying, Christ-centered church. It becomes our relationship church. So we don't, when we serve one another, we don't do it for each other first. First, it's for his name. Yes, and second, for one another. You will not lose perspective. Why? No matter how disappointed you become, you easily get out of it. Why? Then you remember, this is for God, not for you. So I will continue to serve you. God is good. Let us receive the encouragement that God, God remembers our love for his name and our hard work to build his people. Let's build his people together. Let us beware that the opposite is also true. What is the opposite? I do believe God knows everything. He knows if we do not love the community or we don't serve it in, him, in his name or if we neglect, we forget or we're just not it's not in our habits. Because you come here just to be encouraged. You come here to be fed, but you don't feed others. Remember the first part in Hebrews chapter 5? Not the, the latter part of Hebrews chapter 5. You should be teachers by now. You should be teachers by now. For those who are teaching Echoing what we discussed here, what we study. You echo what you learn from our training seminars or your study of the scriptures. You teach others that praise be to God. Some of you have been claimed to have been in Christ for a very long time. Yet what? You are not yet teachers because you think teaching the word is just for the gifted ones. Well, yes and no. There's a place for teachers in the body of Christ where we are expected to carefully study God's word. Everybody's expected that, but there are those gifted. But still, Scripture, God, expects everyone to teach God's word to others. But if you do not serve God's people, if there is minimal effort that you give to help others mature, if your focus is on what you can get instead of what you can contribute, then repent of your ways. Change your ways. It's not just about getting. It's about building. If you come here just to get, just to solicit money, Please get out. If you're just here to hear God's word, I hope you come to the point you mature in Christ. But that can only happen if you also have, you see, in the early church, they met from house to house or in small groups where they encouraged one another. They taught one another. They continued in the apostles' teaching, in prayer. They ate together, eating together. 
application to diligence in service. Let us diligently serve our church community through our small groups, which would be growth groups. So many names, discipleship groups and house churches. Well, everything is technically a growth group, but growth group is what we, how we define it. It's open for everyone to visit. A discipleship group, it's more on uh, you meet fewer people because you're discussing more heavy teaching. And house churches is, and uh, the growth groups and discipleship groups are mostly uh, homogeneous. What does that mean, homogeneous? It means uh, all men, all women, all youth, all seniors. Why? Because they have similar issues, which they can e learn from one another. Okay, so then the house churches are heterogeneous. What is heterogeneous, which means you've got babies to lolos and those in between. And, and uh, uh, these are the small groups we have in our church here specifically. And how can we apply that? We diligently participate and build them. Some of you who are starting to host, you will be discouraged, I warn you. Not everything is positive, but that's the point, that you endure. That's part of the test, that you endure to continue, that you become diligent. We may also volunteer our services in the larger meetings like Sunday services. But if you volunteer, please be a servant. If you volunteer with the ushers, for example, be a servant. Follow the instructions. Uh, if you volunteer in the music, we are all servants here. If one day you join my team in studying scriptures and preaching, please be a servant. The key word is diligence. Repeat after me in your mind. Diligence. In your mind. In your mind. In your mind. <laughs> we're, we're not supposed to speak loud together because it spreads the virus. They say, uh, I'm not the expert, but I'd rather be just careful, okay? So repeat after me in your mind. Diligence in loving his name in serving God's people. If you don't do that, you don't serve God's people, you will not mature. You will not. Some try to serve the Lord, but they only succeed when it is convenient. Ah. They fail every time they get busy. They forget this because they're now busy. Or they fail to serve him because they get emotionally distracted. They stop serving because they're emotionally distracted. And they get disappointed or discouraged so easily. Well, if it's still about you, you will be. Hey, you have friends that will massage you and say, Oh, you hurt? I'm here for you. What do you want to do? Sure, have those friends. But that's not all you need. You need another group of friends who want to all improve in Christ. You get me? If all you have is one, like, okay, you're with a group who's always improving. Well, when you're down, you also need a few friends who will comfort you. But if all you're looking for is comfort about all your hurts in the world, oh my, everybody gets hurt. 
okay? Hey, everybody gets betrayed. Don't make a big deal out of it. Si Cristo nga eh, na Judas. Ah. Alam niya, nakasama si Judas sa grupo, kumakain kasabay, siya may hawak ng pera. Kaya dito sobrang ingat tayo ngayon sa nagahawak ng pera. We have multiple, multiple levels before you release money. Very carefully, nobody decides here on his own. Pastors are not allowed to sign checks. We avoid it totally. It is submitted to the elders that is confirmed by the congregation. And no one elder can decide by himself. He submits it to the group. If an elder tries to decide things on himself without consulting the group, please report to me or to our chairman. Because we are all accountable. And I'm happy that we have elders who are careful in these things. And our administrator is trying his best to put order. It's not yet perfect, but we want something with great order. Maybe you can volunteer, right? We welcome volunteer and we want you to check our books. We want you to check if everything is in order, especially if you're a member and our giver. It is open. We can participate and we can help. If you sing, we're not looking for superstars. We're not looking for those who are so cool when they play in the band. We're not looking for those. We're looking for servants. Broken. So that's why when they see a younger person trying to learn because they're servants, they help them. They don't say, wala naman eh. <laughs> Ah, shut up. Go home. You see, this author knows how to encourage those who are serving already. But somehow, as one of our, in our group discussion with, with our growth group, uh, Somebody mentioned that, but you look, look at the text. He's encouraging them, but still instructing them. And somehow the encouragement is still a warning. I said, you're right. It's a warning to continue and not to stop, to continue serving the Lord. So let us, therefore, serve one another. Participate in small groups consistently. Meeting one another. A small group doesn't have to be always formal, like there's a pattern. Sometimes it's just eating together, talking about spiritual stuff. Talking about what we're going through, that is in effect, encouraging one another. So we can be having coffee and no, no formal program in the coffee session, but it is that we are serving one another, especially if you paid for the coffee. Uh, <laughs> If you are more blessed, please pay for it, okay? Uh, if you are more blessed, and you know it if you are more blessed, right? If you are less blessed, don't order too much, okay? <laughs> you, 
and expect somebody to pay. I mean, delicadeza din. Uh, we encourage one to be generous. We encourage one to be ethical. Uh, <laughs> Ayko ba magbabayad? Dagdagan ko. Well, let's do what we can to build one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's teach. Let's correct one another. Let's love one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's listen. Listen. Don't only talk. You have to balance talking and listening. If you realize you're talking more, stop and try to reverse. Okay? Some have that need to speak. And sure, we all need to open up. But then stop somewhere and be more interested in the others. Not just the interest is to be known, also get to know the others, please. Huwag ka mabilis sumingit. Ako kasi, ganito ako. Ay, nako. You don't help the spirit of the conversation. You can say that and, and uh, in a way that, you know, yeah, one time the Lord taught me. Okay, iba, iba bang kaiba yon? The Lord made me realize. It's about the Lord teaching us. Not rather, ako kasi, nung natutunan ko yan, ah, buti na lang magaling ako. Lagot tayo. Ah, yang magaling ka, sabihin mo na lang yan sa misis mo. Tanggap niya yan eh. Na minsan nagyayabang ka. Okay? Doon na lang sa mag-asawag. Huwag mo na ilabas. Okay? Uh, and lastly, faith and endurance. Never fall into laziness and indifference. Ano indifference? Ayaw sumali, gusto mag-isolate. Walang pakialam. Indifference. Never fall into laziness. So what do I do? We are all tempted to be lazy. I try to create a structure. For example, every Monday evening, I meet my group. And uh, seldom will I be absent. You're talking about in one year, uh, we'll cancel once. In one year, you're talking about that kind of structure. I meet young men Friday night. I have that kind of structure. And as much as possible, I don't break it. Why? Because if I'm moody, ah, let's cancel now because I feel tired. Oh, brother. What if everybody feels tired? Nothing will happen. What if everybody's busy? What will happen? Then we don't serve one another. We don't have that opportunity. So avoid spiritual laziness and indifference. But instead, let's imitate those who persevere in faith and endurance. Take note. Anong gagayahin natin? Faith and endurance. Your faith must endure until the end. Let us not neglect our spiritual growth. As we help others grow in Christ, let us also make sure that we do not become apathetic, dull, or lazy. But you know something I learned? As I take care of a group or people when I do one-on-one, one thing I learned as I do that, there's so many insights that also answers my own problems. Because somebody would have a problem, and somehow the Lord will give me an insight too, to advise what is in scripture. But somehow along the way, I'm also given wisdom in my own problem. And I have seen that, experienced that so many times. I know a lot of you have experienced that, that what the one you're taking care of learns to uh, 
shares to you and then you also went through that. But sometimes not yet means sometimes it's at the same time. Then you give the advice and it also speaks to you. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way that God guides us as we serve others. He also blesses us in return. So let's not neglect that. Let's not be apathetic, dull, or lazy. Let's not be poor listeners as in the context. You've been poor listeners. Don't be dull. Uh, it's still emphasizing the same thing. Well, let's also not overstretch ourselves with ambition. Sometimes because we're so ambitious that we neglect time for the church community. Our ambition takes first place. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe, you know, when you become lazy or indifferent, you entertain childish emotions that prevent us from growing up. And you know, we should point that to one another, the childish emotions. Because it prevents us from growing up in Christ. From maturing. And sometimes we are like that. Why? Nobody has matured completely. That's why continuously we remind one another, we encourage one another. Maybe we stop growing or we're indifferent because we are full of pride. Thinking that we know it all. Or the opposite, we're too embarrassed and we think we know so little, that's why we don't want to join the growth group because I don't know anything. Uh, well, the point that we gather so that we slowly learn together so that you will know something. Uh, don't let that stop you. Whatever excuse you can think of, just remove it and say, I want to serve. Because as a growing community, we cannot serve one another as a whole. Can you serve everybody in this room? Think about it. That's too much. Then where can we express it in the small group? That's why I said, as a growing church, in a small church, the pastor knows everybody. And I believe we will continue to grow in the years to come. The pastor cannot shepherd everybody, but we can, I can shepherd a few and really take care of them. And this few will shepherd a few more who will really take care of them. And a few more and a few more. Everybody gets connected. Everybody serves one another. Therefore, we can serve one another. Stop looking for big programs. That is not my strategy in this church. I want the small groups to bless the community. Nagkaroon ng pandemia. Nagkaroon ng bagyo. I want the small group to first help one another. Help one another there. Not waiting for big programs. Because I believe the church community is really in the small groups. Though in, in the New Testament, they also gathered as a whole. But they were consistent with their house-to-house -house gathering. In fact, Paul would write, greet the church in your house. And greet the community in your house. So right now, I can say that to some of you already. Greet the community, the believers in your house, because you're meeting them in your house. Don't stop. Be diligent. Have faith. Endure until the end. Until the end. There's much to discuss about the heroes of the faith. We will discuss Abraham next week. Uh, but later on, if you want advanced reading, chapter 11 is an exciting chapter of faith. 
and endurance, faith and endurance. And this is the, what the author is saying. And this, is an, this, this author is an amazing writer. He prepares something early to discuss later and says something again and to discuss it extensively later. And like he did with Melchizedek, he mentioned Abraham, he mentioned faith and endurance, and he shall expound on it greatly later on. Let's imitate them. And I encourage you to endure until the end. As Christ endured the suffering until death, let us endure until the end. As Christ resurrected from the dead, let us believe that he is all he claims to be. Messiah and sovereign Lord of all. Therefore, repent and believe in the gospel if you have not. Repent and believe in the gospel is what we proclaim as we proclaim the suffering, death, and resurrection. And I'd like to encourage you as I read this poem entitled, God Remembers. God remembers those who are His. Those that He'll spare from the abyss. They know their love towards His name. And the gospel they do proclaim. God will not forget those who serve his chosen ones without reserve. In faith let us build each other on his word we stand together. In Christ Jesus we must mature. Fake believers will not endure. But believers will persevere. They will not fall away. That's clear. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. You are good and you are gracious. Thank you for the encouragement, Lord, of all of us who serve others and believe in your name and love your name. But to those of us who have not gotten into serving one another, <clears throat> teach us to make the initiative to call to send a message and say, where can I join? I want to join. I want to participate. Um, I want to serve. How can I volunteer? Uh, may we see the relevance of this because it is clear. You remember. You remember our names. To everyone serving here, Lord, bless abundantly. Though always, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, Allow us not to fall away from loving His name. May we do all our service in His name. In His name. In His name. In His name first. Before our relationships. Yet we know and trust that our relationships will get stronger because it is in His name. We thank you for the opportunity to serve. May our community grow. May each of us participate in the small groups and teach us to be consistent. Teach us to remind one another to be consistent. That we may all grow strong in Christ. And we pray those who should be serving, who should be teachers by now, Holy Spirit, 
work in their lives. Oh Lord, may they step out with a broken heart and a humbler heart, serving others by proclaiming your gospel and helping nurture every soul that believes. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. Amen. God bless you. Good morning.